welcome to So We're Late Podcast, where guest speakers visit every Thursday night. Don't forget to follow for new content every week. To experience a full encounter with Christ, visit Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church at 1977 West Jefferson Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, and call 818-745-1771 or visit SoWe'reLate.com for more information. As we open our hearts, as he said, right, for this talk, right, so so we can take in what God is going to put in uh, Brother Williams here for his the words that he's going to speak to us. So if I can have Deacon Doug come up here and, you know, just give a little prayer here for William. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 I'm going to ask the Lord to give up blessing to our brother William. God has been working in his life. Brother William has been yielded to the voice of God and the direction of God. Brother William is a son of this church. He's a child of this church, this parish. Grew up in this parish. He's been discerning the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's been discerning the voice of God. He's been saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And he can be a witness that it hasn't been easy. It has not been easy to say yes. But he said yes anyway. So we pray a special blessing on Brother William right now. Come Holy Spirit, fill him right now. Fill him up with your power. Fill him up with your spirit. Fill him up with your anointing. Let the anointing of Almighty God fall upon you and just touch you and refresh you and let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, for he, you are his strength and his redeemer. We thank you, Lord, for this is the time that we shall receive. We shall receive a word from God through and from the man of God. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Holy Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God is good. All the time. God is good. Just checking. Uh, my sisters and my brothers in Christ, as we journey together in this Lenten season, we, we must recall and remember the trials and tribulations that our Lord himself endured for us, a, a people who oftentimes turn our backs on him, a people who turn our backs on each other, a people who are not always worthy of the graces that God bestows upon us, yet he, he still does. He still does we are made in his image and his likeness. We are perfectly created and loved by God, and we have to start acting like it. Amen? Church, I, I have to be honest with you. Um, I am a little bit under the weather, um, and so you're not going to get the, the regular uh, hooping and hollering will. Uh, you're going to get a a calm will uh, tonight, um, but the message uh, from, from my lips to, to God's ears will still um, hopefully touch your hearts. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. And so let us begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is a reading from the Thursday evening prayer of the breviary of St. Peter, or First Peter, excuse me. Chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. Realize that you were delivered from the feudal way of, your, of life your fathers handed on to you, not by any diminishable sum of silver or gold, but by Christ's blood beyond all price, the blood of a spotless, unblemished lamb chosen before the world's foundation and revealed for your sake in these last days. It is through him that you are believers in God, the God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Your faith and hope are then centered in God. Your faith, your faith and hope are then centered in God. By obedience, by obedience to the truth, you have purified yourselves for a genuine love of your brothers. Therefore, love one another constantly from the heart. Your rebirth has come not from a destructible but from an indestructible seed through the living and enduring word of God. From the enduring and living word of God. Have mercy on me, O God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. Oh, wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sins. My offenses truly I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O oh, see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O oh, purify me, then I shall be clean. O oh, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With the spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. 
O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burn offerings from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled heart, a humbled, contrite heart you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice. Holocaust offered on your altar. For the Father, he knew no sin was made sin for us. To save us and to restore us to your friendship, look upon all of our contrite hearts and afflicted spirits and heal, heal our troubled conscience so that in the joy and strength of the Holy Spirit, we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. And let God's children say, Amen. Amen. My sisters and, and my brothers in Christ, uh, yesterday we started our, our Linton journey, uh, a mountaintop um, experience, as we walk with our Lord and Savior and reflect on his life, reflect on what he has done for us to not only give up things, but to start doing things, start doing things like praying a little bit more and praying the Liturgy of the Hours, which is the universal prayer of the church, the, the, the ultimate prayer of the church, the, the prayer that everyone around the world prays together at certain times. We, we, we pray novenas, we go to different masses, we wake up a little bit early, we stop being a little bit lazy, we give up foods that make us feel bloated, not just to lose weight, but to, to practice uh, fasting. We, we give up junk food. We give up things that don't really sustain us on the physical realm and on the, the spiritual realm. That is what, what Lent is about. Lent is about remembering that once, at once we were dust, the foundation of the world, and, and to dust we shall return. Lent is about reflecting on the passion of Christ, and not only just reflecting on the passion, but offering up our own passions, our own sufferings, our own hurts, our own pains, our own sinfulness, offering all that up to Christ. Why? Why? Why do we do these things? So that the graces that Christ wants to bestow on us can be bestowed upon us. We do that to feel closer to him. We give up things so that we can truly hear his voice. Remembering that we are God's children and we are perfectly created and loved by God. And I say once again, we have to act like it. Turn to your neighbor, put a smile on your face and say, you better act like it. Somebody said you better act like it. 
Uh, my sisters and brothers, um, I'm going to do a little teaching um, before I, uh, I try to preach this evening. I'm going to be a reading from the catechism, um, just so that everybody knows this is the catechism. There's, it's, it's all bound together, and, and so I'm not making up anything. This is the, the official teaching of the church uh, for Lent. This is catechism uh, number 540-540. Jesus' temptation reveals the way in which the Son of God is Messiah. Contrary to the way Satan proposes to him and the way men wish to attribute him. This is why Christ vanquished the tempter just for us. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tested just as we are daily, yet without sinning. And by the solemn, excuse me, 40 days of Lent, the church unites herself each year to the mystery of Jesus in the desert. And so we're not, we're not a, uh, reacting the, 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 the death and passion, but we are recognizing why Jesus did what he did. And, and he could have come down off the cross. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a Jesus who would come off the cross because I constantly say the, the Lord is still working on my soul and I, I can't say I'm ready for him to come back quite yet. If you can't say amen, somebody amen. say ouch to that. Amen. A catechism uh, 1095 says, for this reason, the church, especially during Advent and Lent, and above all, the Easter Vigil, rereads and relives the great events of, events of salvation history in the today, in her liturgy. Now, does anybody know what liturgy means? Liturgy what, means... What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> you got me there, Deacon. Lit- liturgy... Most people think of liturgy and they think of just mass, right? Yes, mass, the mass, the praying of the mass is liturgy. But this, this gathering of, of God's people together is also a type of liturgy. And liturgy is not only in these sacred spaces, but it's when you go out. You're supposed to be liturgy. You're supposed to live liturgy in your day-to-day lives. And unfortunately, myself included, we don't always live up to those expectations. We, we come to church and we receive Christ in, in, in the Blessed Sacrament and we go out and we act like hoodlums, as my mom would say. Some would say straight fools. And, and, and we're supposed to, we come to church for many reasons, to be in communion with each other and be in communion with the church as a whole not only your particular church, but the, church, the grand scheme of things, the, the larger aspect of the church. And then we're supposed to go out and be church to others, we're supposed to live the liturgy. You know, the substance of the Blessed Sacrament is bread. It's bread, regular bread, and it digests in us just like regular food. But do you know that when we receive Jesus in the sacrament, it stays literally within our body for about three minutes. It takes about three minutes for the wafer to dissolve. And so for three minutes, we, we're able to have this personal connection 
this, this even deeper of a personal connection with Jesus. And so the question is, that I pose is, is why do we not act like it in that moment? Why do we act like Satan in, 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 in most times? All of us, we all do, we all judge, we all judge the person sitting next to us in the pews. This Lenten season is, is supposed to remind us yet again yearly because we're always gonna fall short is that yearly we have to fast, we have to let stuff go and allow the Lord to give us the graces that we need in order to be more like him. And so we live out liturgy. It's not just when you come here and it's a sower. It's not just when you pray your novena in groups. It's not just when you go sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It's every day outside of this place. That is when it truly counts. But this also demands that catechesis help the faithful to open themselves up to this spiritual understanding of the economy of salvation as the church's liturgy reveals it and enables us to live it. This is coming from this book here. This is what the church teaches. This is what we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live like Christ. We are supposed to be the face of Christ to people that don't know Christ. If somebody asks you who you are, will you tell them you're a child of God? If you were sent to court, would you be found guilty of being a Christian? Would Paul, would Paul say you've done way too much of this Jesus thing? You know, I think it's time for you to die. This is real. This is this is this is what Paul was doing. Before he became Paul, this was Saul. This is what Saul was doing. Would we be able to fit into that category? I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just asking questions, church. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. The seasons and days of penance and reconciliation in the course of the liturgical year, Lent and each Friday in memory of the death of our Lord, are intense moments in the church's penitential practice. These times are particularly appropriate for spiritual exercises. Spiritual exercises. Penitential liturgies. Pilgrimages, excuse me, as signs of penance. Voluntary self-denial, such as fasting and almsgiving, and fraternal sharing, charitable and missionary works. Do we do any of those things? Okay, maybe sometimes we do. Maybe sometimes we do only when a camera is, is near. Maybe we only do that when it's convenient for us. Will we do it daily? This Lenten season, we're supposed to be walking with Christ in the desert. He, he took time away before his before his preaching ministry. He took time of way to, to fast, to, to let all these things go. He took time to perfect, to, to come into perfection what he was already called to do by God the Father and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, my sisters and brothers, we take the seasons of Lent for granted, 
We say, oh, I'm going to give up junk food just because we really want to lose weight. We start going to, to mass a little bit more, but it's only because they're live streaming. I don't know about you. I'm not saying people here, but you know, some people do. We go to church and we pray these extra prayers. We do all these beautiful practices, but when we're done, we act the same as if, as if before we started. We are a, a sinful people needing the grace of God, yet we allow ourselves to be too busy and too guarded by, by the things of this world that we forget. We forget that God wants to, is there with us and wants to help us get through these tough trials. If we could truly if we could truly just say yes to the will of God and yes to his way, even in our hardest times, but not forgetting to praise him when he hooks us up too. This Lent is supposed to be about remembering not only who God is, but who we are, that we are created in the image and likeness of God. That God wants us to be in union with him in his fullness and in his glory. We are perfectly created and loved by the almighty God. We must, church, start acting like it. According to scripture, when God blew his breath, it was not into man. Man was not yet formed. God breathed into the dust. And because of that breath, that life-giving breath into dust, he is known as the source of life. And he, I mean God, God is known as the source of life, that God is the source of life, that life into the dust became man. And then Adam was created and man was formed. It was dust all the time. When God breathed into dust and dust became man and became a unit in a whole. God's life and breath into dust created each and every one of us. That is what we believe. That means, church, that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you talk. It doesn't matter how you sing. It doesn't matter on which side of the border you came from. It doesn't matter if you're documented or undocumented. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Protestant. It doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Muslim. There is only one God. And when we die, just like we were created, when we were created in the, in the foundation, before the foundation of time, we will become dust again. There is no difference in you or me. There is no difference in you or him. Each and every one of us 
is a God of is a part of God's creation and is perfectly created and perfectly loved. So we got to start acting like it. Father Greg Boyle said this quote that you are exactly who God thought of when he created you. I might have butchered it a little bit, but the, concept, the, the, the main concept is still there. <laughs> that exactly how you are, not in the, the, the sinful nature, but, but the, the holy nature that we all have, that God created you strictly for that purpose. And, and, and you know, church, it is hard. It is extremely difficult living this journey of faith. I know it. Jesus was tempted too. And I wish that we all could be as strong as he was, that he was when he lived this earth. But we have something better. We have something that the apostles and disciples and the angels don't have. We have the opportunity daily, if we have the time, to receive Christ in the most holy sacrament. That is Christ in the presence of bread and wine, but truly Christ present, body, blood, soul, and divinity to carry us on our way so that each and every day we have an opportunity to become more and more like Christ. You know, my sisters and brothers, I'm going to throw a little bit more daggers. I, I've, I, I, I work in a church and I see how it doesn't matter how often you, you go to Mass. It doesn't matter how often you, you pray the rosary. It doesn't matter how often you, you pray the liturgy of the hours. People are still going to be people. Come on, now. And, and, and church, sometimes, if I can be honest with you, I know we're live, so I'm going to try to keep it PG. That's all right. All right. No, I, I am going to keep it PG. <laughs> sometimes God's people get on my last nerves. The hate that's in this world, the hate that is in some of God's people really grinds my gears. And I'm not just calling out other people. I'm I'm also calling out my my own sinful nature, my own downfalls, my own grievances, whether it's with myself or with others. Sometimes we have to be better. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm, I'm only 26. I see people who are 50 acting this way. It's like you're retired. What you got, what you got time for to be nasty? <laughs> Time's up soon. Exactly. You're going to be answering to the Father before me, God willing. But people, people don't act and, and remember that we, each and every one of us, as long as we have breath in our bodies, are a part of God's Creation. We are God's children. We are God's chosen holy ones. But, you know, my sisters and brothers, there are times where there are times where I don't feel that welcoming nature. There's times where I don't feel that love that God gives to each and every one of us to give to others. There are times where as Sister Thea Bowman wonderfully sang to the bishops in ninety, early 90s, where she feels like a motherless child in, in this church. And 
I would be remiss if I didn't for a second talk about how some people in this church have constantly felt left out and, and forgotten. I, I would be remiss if I would say that in this church, me as a, a black male has always felt welcomed. I would be remiss if I, I didn't say that I've known people who are Latinos who didn't feel welcome in the church. I know people of Asian descent who didn't feel welcome in this church. A good bishop friend of mine has said publicly that the church in America particularly is a predominantly white and racist institution. How can you, as a Catholic, Receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist and say no black people are supposed to be priests. That to go back to the other side of the border, you're not welcome here. There was a Jesuit who had to fight his community so that he would minister, not only try to convert and teach the faith, but minister in, in the realest sense to Asians in, in Asia. Pope Francis, his own, his, his, his community kept him locked up for years just because he was reaching out to the poor and marginalized. Marginalized. Until a bishop friend of his said, I'm going to make you a bishop because the work that you're doing is the work that we are supposed to be doing. Sometimes this church doesn't feel so welcoming. But I'm going to preach the catechism by the virtue of our baptism. Each of us were baptized, yes. And if you're not, we're going to work on that. I'm going to say, I think it's Right. By virtue of our baptism, each and every one of us has a home in this church. By virtue of our baptism, we are charged, we're not asked, we are charged not only by God, but by Mother Church to go out and make disciples of all nations. And this is going to be a little hard and it's a little difficult for me, but that means we have to reach out to people that, you know, you know what I'm talking about. People that, 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 that get on our nerves a little bit. <laughs> you know, people when you, when you see them, you just, you're just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I, you know what, I wish I, can, I could be truthful and say that, but sometimes I'm like, I really don't even want to look at you right now. No, I mean, we've all, we've all been there, you know. I don't, I don't want to look at you, I don't want to talk to you because you stabbed me in the back a couple of times and my guard is up. But Christ calls us, us, to be better. And it's by the virtue of our baptism where we're charged to, to be better. It's by virtue of our baptism where we're charged to go out and make disciples. It's, it's by our confirmation. I think everyone here made the sacrament of confirmation. If not, we can work on that too. Amen. Amen. It's by the virtue of our confirmation where 
we as adults or teenagers say yes. It was our parents and our baptism that said yes for us. That God willing brought us up in a, a good, rooted, and strengthened, faith-filled foundation. When we're a little bit older, we say yes to the sacrament of confirmation, which means, okay, I'm taking another step, and so I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do this because you have called me by name. I'm going to do this because you have filled me with so many graces. I'm going to do this because I know it's what I'm supposed to do. And then we have the blessing of the Holy Eucharist. We have those virtues and graces from baptism and confirmation, but the Holy Eucharist is supposed to sustain us. It's supposed to sustain us throughout the week. If For those of us that can only go on Sundays or Saturdays, it's supposed to sustain in us, not only for the three minutes or, or 45 to two hours that we're in Mass, in the black church, we, we have church for about two hours. And, 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 and some Latino parishes, too. And it, it is a Holy Ghost time. Amen. Amen. We have an opportunity to, to receive Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Not just for that moment, not just for those couple hours, not just for that day, but it's supposed to remain in us throughout the week. And then when we get weary... On Saturday or Friday, we have something to look forward to. When we get weary throughout the week, when we have spiritual battles, when, when Satan tries, tries us, tempts us, tempts us to lose our way, we're supposed to recall that sacred moment, that, that moment where Jesus dwelled, literally dwelled in us in order to get through that that obstacle. But church, we don't always act like it. This Lenten season is supposed to get us deeper in a relationship with our God. Our God who loves us. Our God who is always here with us. And I would also be remiss, my sisters and brothers, if I, if I didn't say that sometimes it is extremely difficult to feel the presence of God. Sometimes it is extremely difficult to hear God's voice. Sometimes it's extremely difficult to be Christ to someone who, and I might be judging here, but I'm, 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 it's my human nature, who acts like the spawn of Satan. It is extremely difficult. But what makes us so special is that we have all these things that give us graces. We have these novenas that, that gives us what the church called plenary indulgences. We have these prayers that, that grant us, that give us the strength from God through the intercession of to whomever we're praying for, we're asking for prayers, excuse me, through the Eucharist, through daily Mass, we have the opportunity each and every day to start anew. And the one thing that I left for last, which is for me, second 
after Holy Communion is a sacrament of reconciliation. The sacrament of reconciliation by the authority of the church absolves us of our sins. The priest who was acting in persona Christi, the person of Christ, by the authority of the church absolves all of our sins and, and we do penance. Just a fun fact, if you don't do the penance, you got to go back to confession. It, 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 we have to put in some work. I'm, I'm, I'm sure James says faith without works is dead. Amen. We can't just pray. We can't, we can't just go to confession and, and cry our hearts, our, our, our hearts out and our sins and, and, not do the, the, and, not, and not do the penance. Just for everybody watching, if you think you can escape penance, you can't escape penance. We don't, we don't receive the graces that way. We have, to, we have to do some work. It's not just on God. We have all these things for this Lenten journey so that we may hear our Lord a little bit better, so that we may feel his presence a little bit more so that we can see him, not only him appearing to us but as him, but him appearing to us in, in other people. When we fast, when we pray, when we give up our time, and almsgiving is not only giving money, it's, it's giving up of our time, corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Visiting the sick and the elderly, visiting the dead, Visiting and praying for those who, who are on the margins of our societies. Because we as humans love to draw lines of exclusion. For whatever reason, we, we, we find it so difficult to welcome people in. One of those is instructing the ignorant. I love that one. I, I really do, church. I love being able to tell someone that's not what the scripture is saying. That's, that's not what the church says when the church says this. This is what Lent is about. The purple is supposed, it's, it's a twofold symbol. It, it symbolizes royalty, but it was also a mocking when Jesus was, was being, in, uh, when he, after he was flogged and presented in front of the people. We're supposed to Offer up all of our sorrows, all of our pains, all of the, the fear, all of the doubt, all of the anger. We offer that up to the, where's the cross? We offer it up to the man right there on the cross. The spotless victim. Someone who had no reason to be killed. Yet, day after day, we seem to put him on the cross yet again. This Lenten season, church, let us remember that this is our home. This church is our home. This, this body is our home. But more than our home, it's a dwelling place in which God wants to be in. And so what do you do when 
I'm not saying God is a guest. It's just an analogy. What do we do when a guest wants to come over to our home? What do we do? We tidy up. We get things in order. We make it right so that they can do what they have to do, so they can be comfortable. The they is really us. God is already comfortable when, when he, when he, when he, in, in God. But in order for us to feel comfortable with God being in us, there are some things that we first have to do. We have to clean up house. We have to let some stuff go. So this Lenten season, my sisters and brothers, I urge each and every one of us to clean up house, to remember that you are perfectly created and loved, that you are a child of God, and most importantly, to act like it. To act like it, church. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, to free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our lives. You my child shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's not just the job of John the Baptist and, and priests and religious. That is our job. Our job to prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. Our jobs are not only to remind others, but to remind ourselves as Mary, her cousin, said, no, this was Mary, the canticle of Mary, excuse me. She says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on this lowly servant. That's us. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and he has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with 
with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Those are things that we should be reciting daily as a reminder that God has not and will not abandon you. That God is still alive. That God, as Deacon Doug loves to say, is still in the miracle working business. Amen. But the only way we can receive that miracle is if we say, Lord, it's all you. Take it all. I'm handling, I'm handing it all to you. I'm going to turn my back and not pick it up. It's, it is hard. We're so used to holding all these things and, and wanting to do things all by ourselves. When we know that we need God. And in this Lenten season, especially my sisters and brothers, let us take time to reflect on ways and times and seasons where I don't act like Christ. Let us use what we're fasting from not only for the physical and material things, but to deepen our relationship with our loving God. Let us offer our hurts and our pains and, you know, I've, I've been, I've, I'm, I've told myself I can only eat one meal a day this length. And for someone who struggles with migraines, it's, it's a little difficult sometimes. Sometimes, physically, I just have to. And there are times where I can say, I'm going to offer this pain up. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying do anything that's going to cause physical bodily harm to yourself. But we're old enough to know that we know our physical limitations. We know what we can and cannot do physically. And we know what we can and cannot do spiritually. And so what I'm saying is, if you can go deeper into whatever you're fasting from, go deeper. If you can, you, everybody can withstand staying away from social media for a minute. Everyone can withstand from gossiping for a minute. Everybody can withstand from cursing from a minute. It's a little bit hard when you're driving, but we just offer that up to God. It's a little bit hard to do these things when it feels like the world is, 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 coming, has, is constantly hitting you in the chest. And it's, and it's even harder when your friends are, are constantly, or people you think are friends, are stabbing you in the back. It's so easy for us to, to turn back to our wicked ways. But I am what I'm asking you to do, my sisters and brothers, is to go a little bit deeper this Lent. To go a little bit deeper 
Why? So that you can hear Christ a little bit easier. So that you can see the face of Christ even in people who you can't stand. Where, so you can see the face of Christ when you look in the mirror. That's something that I've had a, a hard time dealing with is, is looking in the mirror and saying, Will, you are loved by God. I love you. Christ loves you. Each and every one of us needs to do that. It's not being conceited. It's remembering that you are created in the image and likeness of God and that there is nothing that God creates that is bad. We are all, we are all good from the birth. But it is through sin which came into the world by the devil. The book of wisdom says if you catch me after, I'll give you the, the proper scripture. But sin came into the world and death came into the world by the devil. God did not create these things. We're, we were supposed to be having a jolly old time in the Garden of Eden. We were all supposed to be priests of the earth. We are all supposed to tend the flock. We're all still supposed to tend the flock. Things aren't going to be as easy as they would be in the Garden of Eden. We have a few more challenges. But there is a garden that needs to be tended, and there is a flock of God that needs to be watched. And each and every one of us has an obligation to do so. And so as we encounter the risen Christ in every Mass, simultaneously remembering that we are in this desert journey of Lent, let us look forward to his glory, his risen glory. You see, my sisters and brothers, at the, at the end of Lent, we have an opportunity to experience some beautiful liturgies, some of my favorite liturgies. Holy Thursday, where we're removing Christ from the tabernacle and the church, there is no final blessing. It takes you into a deeper level, and when I say this journeying process, we're taking Christ from the church we're taking him to a place of repose. We're taking him to a place where he was in scripture, where he had to step back. And in us taking Christ from the church to a place of repose, we are supposed to be reposing ourselves. Each time we sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament Adoration, that is the time to repose ourselves, to step back to let go of all the things that hinder Christ from really being in us. And so we go from Holy Thursday, we, we recall Christ's passion and Good Friday, his, his beating, his mockery, his death. We experience his mother crying. We experience his, his apostles not sure what to do, some of them fleeing out of fear of death themselves. Sometimes that is us. Sometimes we are doubting Thomas. Sometimes we, 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 we try to play God. And we try to make a bet with God that's never going to work, church. We experience this Good Friday. We feel so guilty. 
of all the stuff that we do and, and, and hearing it in the scripture and then we go into Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday goes over all of creation history. I only know one church in, in the archdiocese that, that does all the readings and that's the cathedral. The church says that we can substitute some readings and it depends on sacraments that are being done and depends on the, the, the practicality of the church and the times, it's all semantics. You can ask me about that later. But if you, if you go to a, a mass where the East Vigil has all 10 readings, you, you're walking through creation history and salvation history. You're walking, you see physically the light of Christ coming from a pit that is blessed from the Easter candle to each and every one of us. And you can see the darkness being dispelled as it, as it said in, in the exalted. You can see the darkness slowly being dispelled as each person with a candle shares that light. That's not just supposed to happen in the church. That's supposed to happen when we walk outside. We go from darkness to candlelit church. And then we sing the Gloria, the great Gloria at the Easter Vigil, because the Gloria is also sung at Holy Thursday Mass. But it's supposed to be a different one. It's supposed to be a little toned down. But at the Easter Vigil, that is when we sing the full range of the Gloria. And the lights come on. And we, and we hear the, uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Apostles. We hear the women in the Gospels going to see Jesus. We, and, and he's not there. We walk this journey so that we can reach the other side. The other side doesn't stop at Lent. It doesn't mean that after, excuse me, it doesn't stop when, once we reach Easter. That means that these practices that we have developed right now in Lent that we take with us throughout the year and next year, we go a little bit deeper. We don't just do it here. We take that deeper level, we take it to all the nations. My sisters and brothers, some of us including myself, have a very difficult time with doing some of those things. I understand. But tonight, we have an opportunity yet again to allow the Spirit of the Lord to fall fresh on us. You have people here praying for you so that you can go deeper into that level with, in, into this Lenten season deeper in a relationship with God so that when you come out you come out a little bit different you come out with, with a new walk you come out with a new talk you come out looking different you come out feeling brand new and so at this time my sisters and brothers I urge you to Go a little bit deeper. We're still in the beginning of Lent. If you haven't made any Lenten resolutions, I urge you to make them tonight. If you made some, 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 some Lenten resolutions that you feel you can go deeper into, I urge you to, to pray about going deeper into that tonight. And, the, and again, I can't stress it enough, the reason we do these things, the reason why we let stuff go, the reason why we start 
adding more good practices in this Lenten season is so that we can truly hear the face, see the face of Christ in ourselves and in each other. And so that when the devil comes to tempt you, we offer all those things up to Christ. When someone's eating hot Cheetos or Takis, you, 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 you say, you know what, Lord, no. When someone offers you fried chicken on Ash Wednesday or in Lent, you have to say no. It's hard. Especially if it's my mama's. It's hard. But you have to say no. Why? Because you're building spiritual muscle. And the only way we can truly fight the devil and his tactics is if we have spiritual muscle. I don't like to exercise physically, but I, I love to exercise spiritually. Because there are a lot of attacks from the devil coming and they happen right before Lent. And what am I going to do? Am I going to fall, fall into that temptation? Am I going to do what they want me to do? No, I'm going to act a little different. I'm going to say as much as I really don't want to say this, I love you. And that's because God tells me to love you. I'm, now, you all know you ain't got to like anybody. But God tells me that I have to love you the way he loves me. And the love that he pours into me is the love I'm going to give right back to you. That love doesn't come from us. This Lenten season, let's dive a little deeper. Let's start acting truly like God's sons and daughters. And so as we come into this prayer, as we come into this prayer, in your heart, only you and God knows what you need to do. Allow God tonight to, to touch you in a way that you've never been touched. Allow God tonight to bless you with a message. And understand that message may not come tonight. That message may not be revealed by God speaking to you himself. That message may come from God speaking to you through somebody else. And so, in knowing that, let us be a little bit more open in this deeper relationship. Amen, church. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's give God praise. Let's all stand, stand up to our feet, please. Let's give God. Thank you for listening. Please visit SoWareLate.com for more information. Don't forget to download the Esne app or go to JesusTheSower.com to listen to Esne the Sower, the Sower Ministry, moving with confidence.